Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So we continue on this program with questions Canadians ask ourselves now about our history, our present, and our future. Indigenous anti-Semitic, Islamophobia, treatment of people of color, all these issues. Now, my guest immigrated to Canada when he was a child as a member of the visible minority, and he became a very successful member of provincial and national government, the Premier of British Columbia and the Federal Minister of Health. What was his life like when he was growing up? Did he experience racism, intolerance, and uh, how much racism, intolerance does he see now? What should our national, what must our national conversation focus on? I call on Ujjal Dosange for these issues on a regular basis because I really appreciate his thoughtful replies. We've had conversations on and off air. And Premier, thank you for agreeing to come and talk about this. How are you, sir? Good to be with you. What are your thoughts about the challenges and the issues facing Canada and Canadians today. The dark side of historic figures in the creation of Canada, the policies of removing children from Indigenous families and forcing those children to attend residential schools where we're finding many lost their lives. There are the declarations of systemic racism and intolerance within the Canada of 2021. What are your thoughts on how these issues, well, what are your thoughts on these issues and how should they be addressed? Well, I, I believe, I believe, you know, we have, um, uh, a very difficult history, um, uh, particularly with the First Nations, and um, we are seeing uh, the evidence of that history being literally unearthed um, before us. Um, and I know that um, there is impatience um, uh, in the ranks of the First Nations in particular and other people in Canada that we need to deal with these issues um, more quickly. Um, but the fact is that um, these kinds of issues are, are so intricate to resolve, so difficult to resolve, it takes time. I'm not suggesting they should have patience. Impatience um, is a good virtue if you're looking for change. Um, but change is not going to come overnight. Um, you know, um, I mean, I came to Canada in 1968. It was um, uh, a progressive country then with its darker chapters of its history. Um, it is more progressive now, but it is, you know, we haven't dealt with all the blemishes and all the injuries that we've done to each other and that in particular we've done to the First Nations. Uh, that, that needs to be done. Um, I heard that may have been um, the former cabinet minister of Mr. Trudeau saying um, the, that transformative promise that Mr. Trudeau made um, should be implemented. I agree, um, but it's not going to happen overnight. 
it's tough. The the overall issues that we hear discussed about Canada, um, the questions about the rise in anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, systemic racism. What about those issues? Well, when you, you know, when you when you live in a world where you have um, you've had the um, Afghanistan war, the Iraq war, and you have uh, the continuing um, battles um, in the Middle East um, um, between Israel and Hamas, and you have, um, you know, those are very, very difficult issues. And we now have a much smaller world than, than we had before. And our loyalties aren't necessarily to uh, always to the country that we live in, uh, because there are religions, there are ideologies, um, or there is identity politics, and all of those issues sometimes uh, take us away and take our focus off uh, the issues that face us in this country, and our response to our own issues becomes muddled because we become affected by what's happening 10,000, 15,000, 2,000 miles away. Um, and, you know, it is extremely unfortunate that, that uh, you know, after what happened to, uh, to the Jews in, in Europe um, during the Second World War, that anti-Semitism continues to raise its head again and again. Um, that means that we as a society are failing, but we also know the world around us is failing, and, and we, we don't live on an island anymore. Um, countries are so interconnected, news are interconnected, knowledge is interconnected much more than before. Therefore, what we do is also interconnected much more than before. Um, Islamophobia is the same. I mean, you know, you have had so much um, uh, what happened in Syria and Iraq and other places, ISIS and the like, and 9-11. And some of us uh, react to that uh, irrationally, as do other people to other things. And and that's not to explain explain Islamophobia. That is to simply say uh, it is there, and we need to deal with it. We need to have rational responses uh, to issues that we face, not irrational responses. Premier, I receive emails on a regular basis. I recognize some of the writers as listeners who've been corresponding with me for a long period of time. And I recognize them as rational people who have often well thought out positions, maybe not identical to mine, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. Well thought out positions, and uh, and they're I consider them to be genuinely uh, thoughtful people, just based on my email exchanges with them. And what I see is repeated. I'm paraphrasing, of course. There are millions of good people in this country, people of goodwill, from all backgrounds, all races, Absolutely. ethnicities. We have to. The best way we can move forward is to begin with that dynamic, understanding that it exists, that there are millions of good people of goodwill who are prepared to move forward together. That's not always accepted as being 
a, um, a cornerstone for a national debate. What do you think of that? Well, that, that I think, is increasingly a, a problem because um, I was just talking to an old colleague of mine, a former colleague who is still in government in, in British Columbia, um, just the other day, and he said to me, as you know, he said the, the political world isn't the same when you were here in, in D.C. He says um, there are people who increasingly now believe that if you don't think the way they think, you're either an idiot or a racist or a fascist or whatever else. Um, and and that, I think, is the, the intolerance uh, of differences of opinion and to begin to see differences of opinion um, as something wrong and sort of color those differences of opinion by your own feelings and what you may be going through. Um, I think that that's increasingly a problem. We are, uh, if you disagree with me, I, I, I shut you out. And, and that's happening more and more. Um, and then despite the vast majority of uh, Canadians being rational and receptive and caring, the impression you get is that that um, there's a huge degree of intolerance because those are the loudest voices you hear. I uh, had a conversation on air years ago with a French-Canadian senator, and we were talking, I think it was during the Charlottetown Accord debate or maybe one of the Quebec referendum, referenda, I don't know, I can't remember the circumstance, but we were talking about getting along together. And this fits into, I think, into the overall picture. And, and he said, look, Mr. Green, if you were to take an Anglophone, because it was Anglophones and Francophones who were challenging one another at that time. If you were to take an Anglophone and a Francophone who've never talked to one another, don't know each other from, you know, from, from Adam and Eve, they don't speak a word of each other's language. And you drop them off on a street corner in a large city full of people they've never met before, and they have no idea where they are geographically, and you give them a location that they need to get to. They will find a way to make that happen cooperatively. I've never forgotten that. And that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, you know, in, in difficult times, Canadians do come together. Um, as we've seen, our response to pandemic has been generally uh, quite collective. Um, and without, uh, I mean, there are difficulties, but without much difficulty, we've been able to pull together. Um, you know, when when the need arises, Canadians do come together. Um, but I think sometimes what happens is that you look at Twitter and you look at Facebook and you think that is what the world is about. I don't know whether uh, millions of Canadians ever see Twitter or Facebook. I'm sure there are huge pockets of our population that, that don't go to Twitter or Facebook every day. Um, I can tell you I probably wouldn't be on Facebook or Twitter had I not been a member of Parliament when sort of this came into vogue. Um, my staff set it up and I have it. Um, I, I go to it less and less and less because I find that it's, a, it's like an echo chamber. And we're all sort of talking to ourselves uh, or people like ourselves. Uh, I, I'd much rather read the newspaper. Yeah. Or listen to a radio talk show. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
And what do you make of the um, removal of statues, the arbitrary removal, the tearing down of statues of historic figures? Does that help? Does that do nothing to further the conversation? What are your thoughts? Well, I think in terms of politicians, um, you know, if if you're not leading or actively involved in the important debates of your time um, and you don't take clear positions on those issues, you really have no business being in politics. Um, and whether it's the issue of the bodies that are being unearthed of uh, residential school children or uh, the toppling of the of the um, statues. Um, I think those are issues that uh, are very very important. Um, on the um, on the statues, uh, my perspective always is that uh, you've got to remember history, learn from history. You can't be erasing history. And in fact, uh, you know, I, I know the argument on the other side is that, uh, you know, we shouldn't be um, celebrating those that we now find uh, to be wrong. And they were wrong then, but they weren't considered wrong then, obviously. Uh, and now we um, have come to a different understanding and we believe that they were wrong and sometimes they were cruel. Um but by erasing their uh, statues from the landscape, uh, you're not going to erase that history. And it is important for people to know that history. And, uh, you know, let those statues stand as, as instruments of understanding our past, good, bad, or ugly. Um, I can tell you, if you, if you want um, saints in public life, um, you wouldn't have a single individual active in public life because nobody's a saint. We're all human beings. That's right. We are. In 30 seconds, I wish I had more, about 45 seconds, I, I should have asked you this at the beginning. Do you run into intolerant people who, who are intolerant toward you because of your ethnicity, because of your personal background because of your race? You know, okay, occasionally it happened. Um, uh, when I first came to, came to Canada in, in the 60s, um, but for some reason I uh, somehow was able to avoid it. I mean, there were incidents, um, minor incidents, um, sometimes slightly more serious, um, but but really, um, I was able to avoid it somehow. But I know racism exists. I've, you know, as a lawyer, I, I dealt with a lot of people who had complaints about racism. I know people in the community who have had very uh, difficult issues uh, with racism. Um, but once I became a politician um, in British Columbia and, of course, across the country later on. Um, I had nothing but goodwill from, even from my opponents. Okay. Um, Premier, and thank you for uh, not holding my uh, rather aggressive interviewing style against <laughs> against me the first time we Good talked. Good to talk to you. You were great. You were, I asked you to give me more time, and you did. You gave me another 10 minutes. 
Thank you. It's always an honor to speak with you. And if you were running in for office, I'd vote for you 10 times out of 10. Thanks. <laughs> I'm not running. But <laughs> <laughs> well, think about it. Please think about it. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 